Hey, this is Sam on West Virginia Overtime, and we are going to talk about WWE SmackDown for October the 18th, 2019. Uh, it was in Indianapolis tonight, and I'm struggling. I don't know why we're going to talk about it. I really, really don't. Um... I started watching wrestling when I was little. Uh, my granny watched the NWA. Uh, she watched it Saturdays at 6.05. And we couldn't talk until commercial. And usually at commercial, she wanted to talk about what had happened in the previous segment. She got all excited. And I have just kind of grown up with wrestling. Um, when I went to college, I started coaching. Um, I started working and everything. I kind of backed away from wrestling for a little while and have gotten back into it here in the last couple years. Um, have always kind of liked the WWE. Wasn't a real big fan of it in the late 80s, um, just for the simple fact it was a little cheesy. I'm not a Hulk Hogan girl or anything like that, so um, really just liked it since then. I have not been on the bandwagon for the last... I don't know, two years I've been hearing people gripe about wrestling and what's been going on with it and how it is. Um, but tonight, watching it, I DVR'd it because watching some football games for West Virginia overtime and doing some scores and stuff. And tonight is a turning point. Um, tonight... I felt was really, 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 did I say really bad? And we're going to kind of break it down, but I am sorry that I can't be happy. If you have listened to any of the previous six episodes of anything, whether it be about high school sports, middle school sports, whether you listened about AWA, you listened about Disney, uh, you listened about basketball shooting, um, even if you listened to the episode right before this when I was talking about uh, high school football that just happened here on October 18th and was talking about the Marshall and WVU and Florida games, um, I was excited. Well, I just can't get pumped up for this podcast. Uh, I almost didn't do it. And I said, no, in the AEW podcast, you were all excited. And you said, hey, I will see you for SmackDown. And so I felt like I have to do it. So we're going we're gonna to sit down and, and we're going to talk about it. Um, I was pretty excited as far as um, they started off with a brand new intro um they had the draft last week and uh i noticed that the intro was different they showed a graphic of 40 wrestlers that they drafted uh to the blue brand and uh the pyro was good and i thought oh this is gonna be a good show and so i uh, Roman Reigns' music hits, and they say they're going to start off with the uh, Intercontinental Championship match right away. And I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't even seen the Intercontinental Championship um, since I don't know when. I mean, Shinsuke has been hiding, or they've been hiding him. Uh, when they bring him out, uh, it seems like the focus is more on Sammy. And so, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm getting bumped up. Roman comes out. Uh, loved his pyro when he does the fist smash into the floor. Um, they really timed that good. It looked good. Uh, Shinsuke comes out. Of course, he comes out with Sami Zayn. I enjoy Sami Zayn. He does not get on my nerves. 
Um, he's kind of cocky and he tries to be funny, which is a little bit like me. So we both have red hair. So I was excited. Um, I was glad that they cut Shinsuke's music down and he doesn't have a 10 minute uh, intro. The first time he did it there about a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, when he came over from New Japan, I really loved his music. I loved his entrance, the bright red outfit that looked like Michael Jackson. But uh, then it got old. So I'm kind of glad that they've cut his music down. They've cut his entrance down. Not a fan of the outfit he's wearing. He's a little too old to look like Elvis Presley in the jumpsuit with the front buttoned down all the way. But, you know, we we don't, don't need to talk about that, you know. But as they were coming down, I thought, there's Sammy. He's dancing to the music. He's going crazy and bopping around for the fans. And I thought... Why isn't Sammy wrestling? Is he hurt? Are they not telling us? I know Shinsuke's English isn't that great, and they're using Sammy as a mouthpiece, but can't Sammy wrestle sometimes? Because I do. I kind of miss him wrestling. I kind of miss him in a a storyline. And then I got to thinking, you know, they got into the ring, and I was like, um... Why don't I care about this match? I am not the least bit concerned about this match. Um, I don't really care that Shinsuke has the title. I don't care if he keeps it. Um, I don't care if Roman wins it. It's not a big deal. I feel like the IC uh, title has just not been since Shinsuke has won it I, I don't think it's been a focus it is usually the number two title on the show that it's on if it's on Smackdown then you know it's the number two title and when Brock holds the title it's it's the number one title when Miz had the IC title you know it was very prominent and I just feel like it's disappeared and so I started watching the match and I thought what is going on? I should not have to fight myself not to fast forward this. Because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fast forward it. There's no storyline. Um, I'm really sorry that Roman got picked over Shinsuke in the draft. Um, I know that they could have picked Shinsuke and Sammy, which would have been two. Instead, they picked one which would be Roman. I understand that. It's not logical to me, but I understand that. But that's not really a storyline. And come on, I don't really care. Shinsuke should be happy that he even got drafted at all and that when he got drafted, he got put back on TV. Um, I Like I said, I haven't seen him forever. He... I guess has been sitting around in back in in Titus catering or he's been doing something I don't know but he needs to be happy that he even got on TV don't be griping about where you got drafted so I I'm sitting there watching the match and like I said I'm trying to figure out why I should care and trying to talk myself out of fast forwardness I knew Sammy was somehow going to get involved but then Baron Corbin comes in. Why? Why is Baron Corbin coming in? I, I'm not understanding that. I know that he got picked over in the draft, but I, I really don't care. The draft was about Fox taking over SmackDown. It, it should not really be that big of a storyline. And then Daniel Bryan's music hits. What's he coming out here for? And why is he saving Roman? Um, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I know they had the storyline where, you know, somebody tried to kill Roman and they thought it was Daniel Bryan and all that, 
but they have basically dropped that storyline and kind of settled it. So, why are they continuing to have him come out and save Roman? I don't understand. The commentators weren't explaining it. And then I started thinking, why isn't Daniel Bryan fighting for this title? Why is he not in a title picture? And is he supposed to be good now? Because I thought he was an awesome heel. And then all of a sudden he kind of flipped by to a baby face. And all these thoughts were going in my head. And I kind of stopped myself and I said, I am totally confused. What are they doing? And why is Sammy Shinsuke, Corbin, Roman, and Daniel Bryan all out here? And I don't care about really any of them. And the IC title is there and I don't care about it. So you guys need to write me. And tell me what is going on. And tell me what you think. Uh, we are at West Virginia Overtime on Facebook. We are on West Virginia Overtime on Instagram. We are, you can tweet me at OvertimeWV. Um, let me know what's going on. You can email me at WVOvertime at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to this on Anchor. They have a voicemail message. You can record a comment for me. Tell me what on earth is going on. I, I just don't get this storyline. Is there a storyline? Um, are they making it up as they go? What what exactly is going on? So kinda kinda help me there. They then go to the next segment and Kofi's there and he's happy and he is singing and dancing with the new day. Now yes I know the new day is all about positivity. Um, they get on my nerves. I don't really like the New Day, but they show Kofi, and I'm thinking, you just lost in nine seconds. Should you not be figuring out how you should not have lost? Or how about you want the title back? All of a sudden, you're a tag team now? Uh, you know, I know Brock moved on, and... He could care less about Kofi. He is, you know, fighting Kane Velasquez now. Um, and he could care less about Kofi. But is Kofi going back to the New Day and going to play musical chairs on who's going to tag team tonight? Is, is that what he's doing? Uh, they have just, the fans got on board right before WrestleMania. They threw him into the title pitcher because Ali got hurt. And now they're just going to stick him back in the tag team. And him and Xavier and Big E are just going to play musical chairs to see who wrestles tonight. Is that what Kofi has has stooped down to? He doesn't want the title back anymore. He's not even going to try for it. He, I mean, this was the perfect point to show him in a segment talking to Biggie and Xavier and saying, I can't believe Kane come out there. I can't believe um, Brock hurt Rey Mysterio and Kane is now in the title picture. I need a rematch. Uh, how am I going to get that rematch? We need to kind of strategize. But no, they have this segment with Tucker and Otis. And I know that a lot of you think that Tucker and Otis are great. Um, Otis, he is fantastic as far as being a big man and the stuff that he can do and be as athletic as he is. But I do not think that his um, immature, childish humor, I don't think that's funny. Uh, him pouring stuff all over him and eating things that he definitely doesn't need to be eating and stuff, I just don't think that's funny. I don't, I don't get that. So this whole segment with New Day and um, Tucker and Otis, I just didn't get either. I, I felt like tonight 
I just didn't get the whole show. I was struggling to understand what was going on, to try to figure out storylines. Um, I had just gotten off the high from watching AEW, and I think that you either have to show me some really, really good wrestling, you either need to get me involved in the storylines, or you need to do with And I just felt like tonight just was not it. So, let me try to get a little more positive. Let me take a drink of water and kind of walk around. And you guys listen to this, and I'll be right back. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's what I'm using to make this podcast. I use it not only because it's free, but because it's easy. I can record and broadcast anything and everything right from my phone, or I can use a computer. It allows me to edit things, and it has everything I need just in one place. And not only that, you can make money from your podcasts. But what you have to do is you've got to go download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.fm just to get started. And then send me a link. I want to hear your podcast. Alright guys, I'm back. This is Sam with West Virginia Overtime and um, I am a little more upbeat. I got a drink of water and and I decided, hey, I need to be as positive as I can. They're going to turn this off if I get to be negative and so I, I need to be positive. So, so let's be positive. You know, Chad Gable comes out and I like Chad Gable. Um, you know, I feel like they really could have taken his character in the Kurt Angle storyline arc uh, of him being being an American hero, um, a real wrestler, uh, someone who is extremely athletic. You know, Kurt is not extremely tall either, but he is fairly powerful, quick, and um, knew a lot of wrestling holds, and I feel like that Chad Gable is based in that manner. I also feel like Chad Gable could go either way. He could play the American uh, hero, or he could be a really good heel. I think that he has that kind of personality, has that in him to act and be a really good heel. So, I had heard through the dirt sheets, you know, a couple weeks ago that uh, WWE had trademarked the um, Shorty G uh, logo and uh, name and everything to use on shirts, and and people were saying that, that he was going to go to that, and I thought, um, no, there, there's no way. Well, then the short jokes started happening, and I thought, oh, they're just seeing if this will catch on. And, you know, the dirt sheets are saying that Vince thinks it's funny, and they really are going this way. And I was just, I, I, I wasn't sure about it. So he comes out tonight as Shorty Gable. Um, they do do the match with Curtis Angle, and that ending sequence where he did the spinning toehold takedown into the ankle lock was unreal. They replayed that a little bit in slow motion, and you could see there was no botch. There, there, it was not fake. He was really moving that quickly to actually do a wrestling maneuver and get him into an ankle lock to to tap out, and it was unbelievable. Um, Chad Gable really showed something there. So I thought, I don't care what his name is. So then he come out, uh, they had the interview afterwards, and he said he just wanted to shorten his name, and he was going to be known as Shorty G. And I thought, you know what, I hate that name, but I don't care, because I like how they're building this kid up. 
um, when he first came in with Jason Jordan and they were a tag team, um, and they were the American Alphas, I did not like them. I didn't like their outfits. I didn't like his hair. I didn't like how he was wrestling. I didn't like how they acted. I could not get on board. But since they, he has he has cut his hair, he's changed his outfit, he's changed his character. They um, now have gave him a backstory. They had him get into it with, you know, Baron King Corbin and him make all the short jokes and everything. I really like how they're giving him a backstory. They're giving him a purpose. They are building him up. And when I see that, that's what I was thinking about on break. When I see things like that, I think, oh my gosh, this is the WWE that I care about. This is the WWE that I see and that I want to be a part of. I want to be a fan of. I want to watch. And then they flip to the next segment, and it's Hawk. And the Hawk segment was good. It really was. I was excited. It was pre-taped. Um, I know they said it was on Skype. It was pre-taped. They had obviously worked with him on what to say, how to say it. Hawk always gives, you know, good promos and... This thing with him and, and Ric Flair is turning out to be a pretty good storyline, and they're working it really well. I hate that WWE's ratings and the fan base and the dirt sheets and the, the podcast commentators like me have really put WWE down that... WWE feels like they have to bring in the old supers, like Hawk, like um, Ric Flair, like The Rock, to get the ratings up. But then I stop myself and I say, hey, Crown Jewel's coming up on Halloween, and the Saudis want the older stars. So I really understand why Hawk and, and uh, Ric Flair are involved in this. And like I said, I think it's a really good storyline. Um, I like how he mentioned that, you know, Seth Rollins now is being pulled and he's kind of going after the Fiend and that there are three openings and they've really got to figure out who they're going to be and why and things like that so I like this storyline I know some people are putting it down uh, they don't think there needs to be a team Hulk Hogan and a team Ric Flair but like I said it's for Crown Jewel I kind of like it um, I like uh, Randy Orton's team I, I enjoy them, uh, the people on that team, I, I really enjoy them, and you're, you're going to find out as you listen to the more of these, I'm a big Randy Orton fan anyway, but any, any, anyway, they, they come out then with the eight-man tag. I already told you, I'm not a big New Day fan, so uh, for them to come out with Otis and Tuck, um, I was thinking, why didn't you make this a 10-man team, or 10-man, uh, tag, and let all three of New Day wrestle? I hate when they do that. Um, they do eight-man tag. I know it's a way to let the crowd see more superstar, uh, superstars, I, I understand that, and when I'm in the crowd, you know, there there are certain stars that I want to see, and this is a way to let the fans see them, but even when I'm in the crowd, I don't like seeing a 10-man tag, I don't like seeing an 8-man tag, I, I just think it takes something away, um, because what it becomes is they only give them so so many minutes to do the match and it's just about each person getting in there and doing you know their move and then tagging and it's not really set up psychologically to to really be a good tag so 
I I was as soon as that came out and they said it was going to be an eight man tag. The New Day walked out. I thought, man, I hate when one of the New Day has to has to set out because you know they're going to somewhat get involved. Otis is just going to be a star. Uh, like I talked about earlier, you know, for him to be an athletic big man, he's got the crowd on his side. They they really need to pump him up and give him a backstory and really get him involved in a strong storyline because he has all the makings of being a star. I'm a little confused about Dolph and Bobby Roode. Um, those two can be used so much better. I think Dolph Ziggler is one of the most underrated wrestlers in any um, company. Uh, he is a real wrestler. He wrestled at Kent State. He actually knows his stuff and knows his moves. So, I really, really think that he can be used for something way better, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, Dolph Ziggler, they need to find him a new character. I thought that he was going to go away and be on his comedy tour, and then they brought him back, and now they're saying he's back for good. Um, I was kind of hoping he wasn't going to sign his new contract. He was going to go to AEW. And they could do something with him because I feel like he's got it. Um, the makings of being somebody that they can count on to actually go from that mid card to maybe the top card level. And because he's hilarious, he really is funny. If you, I've watched him on YouTube uh, as far as his comedy show. He's got the makings, but. He's just never quite um, rose up to that level where he's kind of taken over. So just really, every time I see him, I'm a little disappointed. And then I see Bobby Roode, and I think of his TNA days, and I think of the videos I saw of him when he was in NXT, and I just really f feel like they're wasting him too. Um, he doesn't, he's getting older, and he doesn't have a lot of time left. I, everything you hear about him, that he's a great person, he's a great guy, he'll do any character you want, he'll try to make it work, but when he first came in, he was on fire doing the glorious stuff, and they just didn't give him anything, and that slowly that fire just kind of burned, and it burned out, and they've tried to reinvent him, and now they're stuck him with Dolph, and I just feel like both of them are just kind of wasted, and I mean, what else can you say about the revival? Um, the Revival are probably the best tag team WWE's got. They are unreal. Um, so, I don't even know what to say about them. Yes, you can bring up the club and, you know, Carl Anderson and uh, Gallows are... Are, are really unbelievable. If you watch their New Japan stuff um, on YouTube, they were doing it over there, and I would love to see Gallows and Anderson against the Revival in some big uh, storyline that takes a couple months that uh, where it is one person or one team wins one match another team and they have to go to that third match to really decide things i think they could do a three to six month storyline with those two teams so i mean what else can you say about the revival they're they're just unreal but like i said just didn't get into the match i uh was doing some other things uh as far as writing up some of my notes and and, and just really I, I just couldn't get into it like i said i was thinking about all these other things and then um they start talking to daniel bryan and again i 
get confused because they had Roman and Shinsuke open the show and they actually wrestled. They actually put on a match and they came out and then they had Daniel Bryan and Corbin and Sammy come in and interfere and it was all to set up them to wrestle again well they weren't that good to open the show and I was really confused and you heard it in my voice uh, at the beginning of this podcast and they're going to do it again Um, no 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 we don't need to do a big tag team match and to close out the show when you opened it in the beginning and no one liked it you didn't fire the crowd up. They didn't have any heat. There were no pops for anything. So why are you closing it? You know, the rumors are is that Vince is rewriting the show as it goes. Well, when that didn't go good in the beginning, Vince, you should have figured out something else to end it. So I I just didn't really get that. You know, they showed the picture of the blue brand and said that SmackDown had drafted 40 people. Well, can we see some of them? Do I need to see Roman Reigns twice? Do I need to see Shinsuke Nakamura twice? I don't. Why don't you have Daniel Bryan wrestle Baron Corbin and have Daniel Bryan kind of put him over and get, get him some pops and make a feud with him or something. Let me see some of the 40 people you drafted. Don't use the same five people twice. I love The Miz. I absolutely love The Miz. Uh, I have watched him since I think I was in high school or college when he was on the real world and he was jumping on the bed with a fake WWE belt and he was saying his character and he was calling himself The Miz. I remember that. So I just love The Miz. So, I'm going to let you think about that, and we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Bailey. Hey guys, I'm back, and do you remember? I love The Miz. So, it, it is The Miz show, and I wish they'd let him wrestle some. He is such a great talker. He can get involved in a storyline and make it work no matter how bad it is, and I I do. I love his talk show. I was excited um, that they were bringing Bailey out. She was going to explain and have some explanation for for why they are turning her heel um i i in my mind i know that they turn bailey heel and that they are fixing here in a couple weeks to have something go on with her and sasha and Sasha is going to turn babyface, and they are going to get into it. That's what my head says. My heart says, oh, please do not do that, because it is against everything that I like. Um... I liked Bailey in NXT. I really liked Bailey in NXT. And um, when she was in NXT and she first came up, I thought, this is the female John Cena. This is going to be the hero. She is the hugger. Kids are going to love her. She's going to do the Make-A-Wish stuff. She is going to be the person that in this company that people are going to respect for what they stand for. And I really wish they would have kept her like that. Then when you look at Sasha... Sasha is a pain in the butt, and she is a perfect heel. So let her play it. 
you know, people are jealous of her. They don't like how she acted. You know, at WrestleMania, her and Bailey lost the tag team championship. And Sasha basically took her ball and went home. She uh, was posting on Instagram. She's in the Caribbean. She's laying on the beach. She's refusing to come to work. Um, let's get real. And when you bring her back, let's blow that out of proportion. Let's uh, take that and exaggerate it. Let's make her the ultimate heel. Let's make her have something uh, happened that she is upset with Bailey, and if you want them two to fight, then let Sasha be the heel, let Bailey be the hero, have Sasha get, make up something to be mad at Bailey about, and have them start their storyline. That's all they had to do. But it's almost like Vince or the writers or creative or whatever can't leave well enough alone. Um, so they had to turn Bailey heel. So that was that was just a little bit of a shock to me. Um, you know, they had her cut her hair. Um, her haircut, I guess, isn't what bothers me. It's the fake collar. Uh, it looks like a wig. It it just looks stupid. Um, so when she first walks out. That's what I'm concentrating on is her hair collar. I'm thinking you look stupid. Uh, the outfit she came out in last week, I thought it looked stupid. This week, they dressed her in darker collars so that everybody would know, hey, I've got dark hair. I'm dressed in darker collars. I'm a heel. Well, well I just feel like Bailey's not comfortable. I feel like she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how to act this way. This is totally against her personality. The faces she was making as Miz was interviewing her. Miz tried to bury her with some hard-hitting questions, uh, almost borderline making fun of her. I truly believe that creative... Uh, Tonight was Bruce Pritchard's first night as um, being the executive in control of, of SmackDown. And Vince, I, I truly believe that when they wrote this segment for Miz to go after her, that Bailey's facials, her body language, everything was supposed to be pissed off that she was supposed to be that heel. She either was supposed to be extremely cocky and answer his questions like he didn't deserve to know and it was none of his business and that if he was as smart as she was then he would be able to figure it out. You know, she was either supposed to play it that way or she was supposed to play it the bad guy way as far as I don't need to tell you because I'm right. And if you continue to push me, then I'm going to be up. I'm going to more the Becky heel. And Bailey didn't play it either way. He was hitting her with those questions and it was almost like she was confused. She had this look on her face where she was dumbfounded. Um, at times, it, it was like, I don't, I don't really know what to do. It was obvious that someone didn't take time to work with her. If her and Sasha are good friends in real life, which I don't know that they are. I, I have heard interviews where they said that they are. If they are in real life, I would hope that Sasha would have taken her to the side and taught her how to play this, but obviously, you know, she she just didn't, and it just was really, really awkward. Um, I thought that Sasha stepping in for her did help, and at the end, Bailey got a couple good lines in. Um, kind of thought they were scripted and that she had memorized them so therefore they didn't come across 
passionately enough and like they were truly coming from her but um she actually got a weird look on her face because I think there was something more to the segment because when Nikki Cross's music hit her they actually had the camera on her and you could see a moment on Bailey's face like um that music wasn't supposed to hit now and it wasn't her acting it was her it was a real um emotion there like oh they've hit this music too soon nikki cross comes out and starts talking and i'm like good she is crazy let her have a field day with this well they've slowly been changing the nikki cross character and i just wish they'd let her go psycho just let her be crazy because that's what she wants to be um let her be that character and don't let her um kind of be logical because that character is not supposed to be logical that character was biting the ring ropes and the ring apron and rolling around in the floor when it first came up so don't make her logical now and then they have the nerve get this to have a six-pack challenge well i feel the same way about a six-pack challenge as i do an eight-man tag i think it's worthless um it was stupid our our fire and desire um Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are are they a tag team or are they not because if they're a tag team let them be a tag team push them for the tag team belts let them uh really work on being a tag team getting some tag team moves together using the psychology of a tag team quit putting them in the single stuff if you don't want them to be a tag team, let's get them broken up or um, let them sacrifice for one and and have somebody go after the singles thing. Just let them be because I think Sonya Deville is unbelievable. Um, she needs to be a evil, evil evil heel she has that look she has that attitude she is from mma let her be a kicking butt and taking names heel just let her go um i was hoping ronda rousey would come in and be that way that cocky evil heel and no they decided that Rhonda was popular so they wanted to make her a baby face and that's against Rhonda's personality Rhonda is is not that nice of a person in real life so let Sonya be that person and they don't want to they want to stick her with Mandy Rose well that's great bring up Shayna Baszler and let her be the evil heel but the women's division needs an evil heel so that the baby faces can be truly baby faces and you can get storylines working this having everybody kind of be medium and not going to the extreme is not let allowing the women's division to grow and to get the audience involved and get them to root for somebody to root against somebody it makes me almost want the bellas to come back you know i love the bellas because fans the bella army of course absolutely loved them but most fans hated them and said they can't wrestle and they 
wanted to boo them and everything else, well, at least they felt one way or another. Dana Brooke comes out, and no one could give crap less about her. So, um, give me an evil heel. Turn Bailey back babyface. Let her be a John Cena hero, and let her battle somebody. Like the old days, yeah, two years ago, um, when Becky was a fan favorite and Charlotte was the evil heel. You've got to let the women's division have some baby faces and have some heels, not this middle of the road stuff. Drew Gulak and um, Braun came out and I don't even have any comments on that. I don't even know what to say. Um... It was stupid. Let's just move on. The main event. Uh, the main event come out, and like I said, it was the beginning of the show all over. Um, only it didn't start out one-on-one. Um, it, it, it was a disaster. I, I don't understand why they did it. I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know that I care where they're going to go with it. So, I, I don't even want to talk about it yet. Let's talk about some backstage stuff. Let, let's talk about what you guys think. What is going on? I want you guys to hit me up. I want you to write me. I want you to hit me up with a voicemail on Anchor on this podcast. I want you to let me know what you guys are thinking. Is Vince too old? Is he just not with it anymore? He's in his 70s now, and is he just not understanding how things are? I mean, he invented some of this stuff. It should be second old hat to him. So why is he playing this? I don't understand. You just got billions of dollars from Fox to make this happen. You've got AEW um, climbing. They're not anywhere close to you because they're just starting out. But but they've got this groundswell coming. Is Vince too old to realize this and to fight them off? Where's Triple H? Triple H has been doing a number down there in NXT for, what, five, six, seven years? And he turned NXT around, and where's he at? Um, why can't he help and get this stuff righted and, and do some of the stuff on the main roster that he's been doing in NXT? I mean, stuff that he's been doing down there with Johnny Gargano and Thomas... Uh, Tomas Champa, I mean, has been unreal. I, I look for some great stuff on NXT with Finn Balor coming back down there. So can can Triple H save this? Um, you know, they fired Eric Bischoff this week on Tuesday. I feel like he wasn't given a chance. Uh, was he set up? Did they hire him just to be a fall guy? I mean, that's what the, some of the dirt sheets are saying. If you read him, they're saying that they knew he wasn't going to work out, that he was a name they just stuck in there to uh, get Fox kind of on board with this. So it didn't work out sooner rather than later, and so they fired him, and he really didn't know what was coming. Here he moved clear across country to Connecticut to take this job. He had been in bankruptcy. He wanted uh, to earn some money, and they have just pulled the rug out from underneath him. They stuck Bruce Pritchard in there. Everybody knows Bruce Pritchard has been Vince's right-hand man for years and so did they just kind of stick them him in there as like a holding guy until they can figure out who's going to run it 
or is he gonna be the guy to run it? And if he is the guy to run it, can he run it? Can he save this? Because you guys have got to remember, the XFL is starting. Their draft is coming up. Uh, Vince is involved in the XFL. They start playing football after the first of the year, and he's got to be involved in that. So, who is going to run the show? Somebody has got to step up. So, they were talking about this on Twitter, and if you haven't seen it, you need to go back and read it. Hopefully, they haven't deleted it yet. But Bruce Mitchell and Matt Coon were getting on um, each other's nerves, basically, and having, it started out as a discussion, but it turned into an argument real quick on Twitter. Uh, of course, Bruce Mitchell was throwing Vince Russo in Matt Coon's face, because Matt Coon was doing the podcast with Vince Russo in his Broken Away. If you want to listen to a really, really good podcast, um, you need to listen to Total Engagement with Matt Coon. Total Engagement is a must uh, podcast. It's daily. Uh, Most days he does 15 to 20 minutes, but on Saturdays he does Crimes of Wrestling uh, where he talks about different different incidents that have happened in the past that were crimes that wrestlers committed or were involved in. It's an excellent podcast, but if if you're on Twitter, go look up Matt Coon, look up Bruce Mitchell, look at that discussion that turned into an argument on Twitter. It was interesting. I want to know what you guys think. Who's going to save the day? Was Eric Bischoff a thaw guy? Is Bruce Pitt Pritchard just a holding place? Who's going to come in and save this? What's Fence going to do with the XFL? Did you think tonight's show was good, or did you think it was a disaster like I did? You need to let me know. You need to write me, hit me up on WV Overtime, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. On Twitter, I am Overtime WV. Uh, email me. I'm WVOvertime at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you guys think. And I will see you guys real soon. We will be talking. If we if we don't talk sometime this weekend, we will definitely talk after Raw. But I look forward to seeing you soon.